8.03. So for middle and high school seniors in Korea, the spring semester starts this Thursday after a long delay, a month-long delay to curb the spread of COVID-19. As I, as I previously mentioned on the show, though, we've had this long Christmas break before that. And then they're due to start again. So in reality, for many of our students in this country, it's been a long time since they had a normal school routine for any period of time. But this online method of returning to school also means we're not going to see any convention anytime soon. In making the announcement, the Education Ministry here referred to Singapore, where schools reopened last month but will shift to full online learning for a month starting Wednesday. And we can welcome on the line Professor Jason Tan, education policy expert at the National Institute of Education of Nanyang Technological University, Singapore. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Alex. So please can you set us up with a bit of an overview of the COVID-19 situation in in Singapore as things stand? Is it a, a state of cautious containment, would you say? Well, I think the mood in Singapore has become increasingly somber since the first COVID case was diagnosed on January 23rd. Um, The total number of COVID cases has continued to increase, especially over the last few weeks. Um, There's also growing evidence of uh, community transmission as well as um, the existence of asymptomatic carriers. Um, Just yesterday, the government announced that there were 120 new cases reported on Sunday, bringing the total to 1,309. Um, so the situation looks rather uh, grim right now. Understand. I mean, that, that now, um, as a comparison, is more in the daily infection rate than what we saw here in South Korea. And it wasn't long ago that we were looking at Singapore as... Uh, as a shining example of being able to keep the numbers down. But that has a knock-on effect in a number of areas. The area we're looking at today is education. More than 160 countries have closed schools. Nearly 90% of the world student population is out of class. But um, Singapore did resume offline classes in late March. Was that premature given the situation, do you think? Well, I think... um The evidence at that time wasn't um, unequivocal yet that healthy children uh, could be active transmitters of the virus. And um, that's why I think the education ministry at that point in time decided to keep schools open. Um, The education minister also said he was thinking about um, the difficulty some parents would face in readjusting their work schedule. Some people would be unable to take time off work to be with their children at home. And um, he also talked about the importance of keeping children in school at least for a few hours each day instead of um, letting them wander around in the wider community and getting exposed to the virus. Um, But of course, I think the government has changed its stand um, in the last few days in the light of uh, new evidence. Yeah, I mean, it's an admirable effort And I'm sure noble intentions, but certainly something now that other countries like South Korea will be looking at and learning from, that we've got to be so cautious with this. Because while school was back in session, there was a coronavirus cluster, uh, 27 people emerging from actually a preschool, uh, also students and school staff in Singapore widely 
not that widely necessarily, but more widely than that particular cluster testing positive. What, what kind of precautionary measures were actually put in place? Uh, in other words, were there any gaps there that could have been done differently and still successfully held offline classes? Um, in the last few weeks, there have been a few such cases in preschools where either teachers or students have tested positive for the virus. Um, and in all of those cases, um, all of the staff and students have been placed on um, a mandatory two-week period of quarantine. Um, the preschools have been closed um, for thorough cleaning and disinfecting. Uh, and I think... Of course, all of these closures have now you know, um, given way instead to a total closure of all preschools starting next Wednesday. Um, I think the preschools have been um, stepping up their precautionary measures since um, January. Uh, some of these measures include the suspension of any large group activities or, or excursions. Um, there are regular temperature checks uh, on a daily basis. Um, There are safe distancing measures as well within classrooms. And I think all students and staff are advised to adhere to strict standards of personal hygiene and are also advised to seek um, immediate medical attention should they um, show any signs of having a fever or flu-like symptoms. And of course, uh, all students who have returned from overseas, I think, uh, during the one-week March school holidays, um, have been ordered to go on a compulsory two-week leave of absence from school. Uh, That also applies, of course, to people who work in schools in Singapore. Can, Can you tell us a bit more about this blended learning model that was tried out from last Wednesday? And it basically would have students go to school four days a week and then learn from home one day a week. That's now been replaced by full home-based learning. But do you think blended learning is a, a practical option to consider again at some point? Um, in fact, this isn't the first time that Singapore schools have experimented with um, a one-day uh, home-based learning kind of setup. Uh, they have started this, I think, quite a few years ago, um, and I think it was helpful in identifying some key issues, um, one of them being the fact that not all students uh, had access to Wi-Fi at home or access to digital devices at home. Um, I think the education minister um, said that about 10 to 50 students on average per school had in fact returned to school um, instead of remaining at home because of various reasons, for example, a lack of access to Wi-Fi, a lack of access to digital devices, or because they had parents who are unable to arrange um, you know, for um, childcare on that uh, particular day. Um, so I think it's been helpful. Um, it's been rather cautious, I think, because um, a lot of what happened during those um, HBL experiences uh, last week involved um, the teachers going through assignments 
um, or worksheets um, rather than um, live interaction uh, online. Um, so we'll see what happens in two days' time when all of the schools have to adopt um, full home-based learning for an entire month. I mean, perhaps at some point in the future, when this is something that's more acceptable culturally and, and more people have access to advanced technology, that there will be opportunities to do blended learning and perhaps even full online learning in, in, in some situations, even for very young children. But the concern right now, I guess there are a number of concerns, would be A, ensuring adequate and quality education for students when they're not in the classroom, uh, away from the discipline of the classroom and filled with all the distractions of home, but also making sure everyone has access, even if they can concentrate. Um, How do we address those issues? Um, I think a key issue um, around the world, really, not only in Singapore, is that of equity. Uh, We're talking about for example, vulnerable families uh, and for students from these families in the case of Singapore, uh, they have access to free meals in school. Um, So if they're going to be staying at home, then this becomes a big issue. And also for such students, uh, school probably provides them for at least a few hours each day um, a safe, structured environment where they are surrounded by friends and caring adults um, I've earlier talked about yeah, the availability of Wi-Fi and digital devices, so that's also part of the equity issue. The Ministry of Education said that it lent um, nearly 4,000 digital devices last week to students who didn't have them at all. Um, and, and that's why I think that the Ministry of Education has reassured the public that schools will still remain open for such students um, who need, you know, some supervision or access to Wi-Fi. Um, Besides these equity issues, I think there are very real issues in terms of how uh, home-based learning stacks up um, with respect to live classroom interaction. Um, If you're talking about Um, full home-based learning for an entire month, then you're talking about issues such as um, how teachers can fully engage students uh, if they only use pre-recorded videos or they give out um, homework assignments. I think it's far more preferable instead if teachers uh, use live video interaction as far as possible. Um, and, and also, it's important, I think, that teachers get to look at their students' faces online in order that they can better read um, body language cues, which, which is rather tough if you can't see your students' faces online. Um, I think another issue involves that of special needs students, whether their needs can be adequately met uh, when they're not you know, uh, um, face-to-face with their teachers or, or teaching aides in, in school classrooms. Um, besides uh, these classroom issues, we also have to remember that um, during this whole month, students will not be able to take part in 
extracurricular activities or co-curricular activities as they're referred to in Singapore. And that, I think, is a key element of uh, schooling in Singapore. There, there, there won't be any school trips or excursions. Mm. Um, there's lots of issues. For example, uh, science teachers can't conduct laboratory sessions at all. Uh, physical education teachers can't teach uh, their students how to play sports. Um, so what I'm trying to say is uh, we have to remember that schooling is, after all, a very social activity. Um, so it's not quite the same thing when you do remote learning at home. Um, and the education ministry has, in fact, acknowledged the limitations of home-based learning and has said that home-based learning will not be able to completely replace um, school-based learning. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds so. And it seems like something that needs to be employed for its own purposes rather than uh, letting it dictate or take over. Perhaps um, there, there might be some options that become more expensive at older age groups like university where where you teach Um, we are out of time now professor jason tan but it's been really helpful to hear from you and hopefully indeed education systems around the world can learn from each other and and find the the most efficient way out of this oh thank you very much much alex professor jason tan from national institute of education nanyang technological university of singapore as a parent myself here in korea i do worry about my kids missing out and I, I wonder what other parents are doing I mean, are, are they finding ways around it with private education for example uh, maybe you'd like to share your experience or concerns that you might have pound 1013 for 51 per message